Hello, friends. Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast, where I get to chat with a friend who has a story to tell, a passion to share, or a dream that she is pursuing. Today, my guest is Melissa. Melissa is wife to Bryant and mom to Sienna. On this episode, you will hear how we formed a friendship through both of our infertility struggles, and she opens up about her recent miscarriage. So we cry, we laugh. Um, Melissa tells a funny story about a Kit Kat and me. So here's our conversation. Well, welcome to the podcast, Melissa. Hi, Rin. I'm so excited. <laughs> and this is fun because I don't usually record these in real life. And so today we're going to be doing it in person. Yay. Because we're, we're friends. So um, we're really friends in real life. So <laughs> We're real friends. <laughs> we're real friends, you know. And not just so, Insta friends. Yeah, not just in, We're in real life friends. So we're at Melissa's house. And um, I have been waiting to chat with Melissa for a while. Um, on the podcast because her story is just awesome and great and I have learned so much through her through her story and so we are here together so anyway yeah. welcome welcome we're thank excited you. thank you I'm excited. um so let's talk about how we met okay so I don't remember like specifically but we went to the same high school and our moms and dads are in a prayer group together. Uh-huh. Is that what you think? Yes. Okay, I have a story. I've been waiting. I'm just waiting. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. Okay. So, I went to your school in seventh grade. Okay. And I, I didn't really know a lot of people. Uh-huh. I don't even remember how my parents set this up, but my parents were going on a work trip. Uh-huh. Do you remember I spent the night with you one night? No. You know, I know. I did not think you remember that. What? My parents, I guess, asked your, you know, asked your mom. And I stayed over at your house. Really? And I just remember we were in your room and you were writing one of your friends a letter. And you <laughs> wrote a letter and you yeah, you addressed it and you turned it over and you taped a Kit Kat to the back. And, oh. you, were, and you were like, Can, does this work? And I was like, I don't know. And then your mom came in and she's like, oh, girls, girls, no, you can't, you can't take a Kit Kat. Is that hysterical? Like I was going to mail it in the mail? Yes. And, and I wanted to take a, a Kit Kat. candy to your friend. Yes. You were sending the, the Kit Kat This to is your seventh friend. grade? Seventh grade. Because it, it would not melt at all, right? In the mailbox. <laughs> well, I guess, you, yeah, you just can't, yeah. <laughs> and you can't like attach stuff, I guess, to like envelopes. I have never. And your mom was like, no, girls, you can't do that. So you were You're like, yeah, I, I told her. You should have been like, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure. I was like, I'm not oh, sure. No. I don't know. Grade. What That's do we know? Hilarious. Is that hilarious? I don't remember that at all. I know. Yes, I spent the night at your house. It was so fun. But you know what? Yeah, I still you, love Kit Kats. You still love Kit Kats? Okay, <laughs> so it's a true story. I didn't make that up. I asked funny. my mom if she remembers You'll it. You have to ask her. Yes, I, I don't remember that. that. How funny! Is that funny. Okay, so yeah. you came to the school at seventh grade. I came to the school in seventh okay. grade. Though. Okay, so I, get, I didn't really know anybody that first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It takes a while. Right, to school. right. How funny! Uh, I, I never knew it. And we knew each other from church. Our parents knew each other from church. Yes. Okay. And you know, this is funny. Well, before I, we'll go into that in a minute. Um, but tell me about your family. Okay. So, um, like my parents. And, yeah, yeah. Tell about your family. Okay. So you, you so have. We, we grew up here in Memphis. Okay. Well, my parents are from up north, but we moved down here when I was three. So okay. I pretty much grew up in the south. Okay. And um, so we moved to like our school and church in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was raised in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. Um, got saved at an early age. And I have a younger sister. Mm-hmm. She's three years younger than me. So now, and when did you meet your husband, Bryant? I met Bryant at church. Okay. Um, I met him in the youth group. 
Mm-hmm. I guess we were seniors. Okay. And um, we were just in the same group of okay. friends. Okay. Okay. And I went off to college, and every time I would come home in the summer, we'd hang out. We had the same okay. group of mutual friends. Okay. So we were friends. Okay. I have a good story about him, too. Okay. I want to hear it. Okay. About Brian and how, you know, what attracted me to him. So my summer after my freshman year of college, mm-hmm. um, our church did like a little survey team where mm-hmm. we just went, you know, went around the neighborhood okay. and asked questions with, with people and stuff. And it was so hot. You can imagine summers in oh, Memphis. Mm. It's so hot. They're awful. So we're, every day we're with a different group of people, and Brian, so one, one day I'm with him, mm-hmm. there's probably like three or four of us, and of course, you know, I have this huge water bottle because it's so hot in Memphis. He carries it for me the whole day. <gasps> and of course, he forgets his water bottle because, you know, he's a guy. He didn't yeah, bring yeah, any yeah. water. Yeah. So I told him, I'm like, oh, hey, you can have some if you want. He's like, no, I'm, I'm cool. I'm good. So he carries my water like all day. I didn't know this. How cute oh, yeah. is that? And so I'm, I'm drinking like the whole thing, okay? We're, mm-hmm. And so at the very end of the day, there's probably just like a little bit left in the water mm-hmm. bottle. And it's like hot. It's like hot water. Okay. And so I'm like, I'm just going to throw this out. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, I'll drink it. And <gasps> I realized he was thirsty. Of course he was thirsty. It's like July in Memphis. And I was like, <gasps> oh, <my laughs> what a word. servant. I mean, he carried my water bottle. Wow. He didn't even take a drink for himself. Wow. And so. I have never heard that story. Isn't that cool? That's, That's sweet. the kind of person he is. That's sweet. So that is. That servant. makes sense. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, of course, I was attracted to him. Yeah, yes. We were just friends. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and then after college, come back home, we just keep hanging out where we left mm-hmm. off, and then we're still hanging out today. So. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all been married how long? We just celebrated our 15th anniversary. That's so awesome. I know. Because y'all were married in 2002 uh-huh. in August, and we were married in 2003 in July. So it was yeah, about, about a year yeah. later. I think our whole group from yes. church and school, we all got married within like it a was, couple years. Yes, it was, it was like, like two years. And we were going party. broke because we <laughs> yeah. had to get, we were first early yes. married, and I mean, and then people kept getting married, and it was our parents' friends and the uh-huh. people we grew up together. And boy, it was like $25 here, $30 yes. here, $30 here. and we were broke. Jim's like, any more weddings? And I'm and like, it went on for like two years. Yes, it did. And our sweet dads were like, another wedding. I know. Our moms were like, put on your, put on your coat and tie. We're going to another wedding. And they're like, okay, is there food going to be there? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was, yeah, okay. Listen, good memories though. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and you know what? And, and we're going to talk a little bit about this of when your little girl came along. But, um, you know, let me ask you this. When you started, when you got married, 2002, when did you start thinking about having kids? Or did you think about having kids early on? I didn't. I was I was on the five-year plan. I don't mm-hmm. know if that was just popular. No, I did, that's me too, right. You know, we got married young, right out of college. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to get married young. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted a family, but I just wanted to have fun with my husband. Yeah, right. I didn't really think about it. Mm-hmm. I think you just, when you're young, you think you have all this time. Right. So we were on the five-year plan, and then I guess it, five years went by real fast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Let's just, mm-hmm. you know, my husband traveled a lot. Right. So I was concerned about him being gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, when you have a baby, you want your husband home the first year. So right. I think we kind of pushed it back a year, mm-hmm. yeah. six years, seven years. So we didn't really start trying until we've been married seven years. Yeah, yeah. So... And then, you know, thinking about having kids, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, seven years, and then you start trying, and 
did you think it would not be an issue? Did you think you would have you do you have infertility in your family? Do you did you I think don't. you would have problems? I didn't. No, I thought. I remember Brian sat me down, we had a conversation. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Okay, I think it's time." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." I was. Mm-hmm. I was about to turn 29, so okay. I thought, "Yeah, I need to have a baby yeah. when I'm 30." Yeah. So I just thought, "Yes, let's mm-hmm. have the first baby at 30, mm-hmm. and then the next one at 32, mm-hmm. and the next one at 34." Mm-hmm. I mean, I just thought, "Oh yeah, we," because yep. I wanted three or four kids. Right. So I just thought. Oh, yeah, I need to get going because yeah. I'm 30. Yeah. Right. So I just thought, yeah, we'll have one, you yeah. know, from 30. Well, and, you know, and then when do you come to a point when you realize, mm, this isn't going like I wanted it to go? You know, they they say after about a year, you mm-hmm. kind of, hmm, you know, something's probably mm-hmm. taken a little while. Um, for us, my husband traveled a lot. So after mm-hmm. a year, I just thought, well, you mm-hmm. know, you know. Hadn't been hitting it right. We, exactly. <laughs> That's right. He's not always here. Right. So... It was act, it was two years for us. So okay. the first year I knew just hey just relax yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, no big deal. And then by that second year, so uh-huh. let, so I, we started trying 2009, mm-hmm. and then I think by 2011 it was mm-hmm. like okay mm-hmm. you know this is not this is taking a while. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know this is funny because a lot of people I know with me with my infertility I didn't tell anybody for a while. We did the five year plan, and then after a year. It wasn't happening, and we were like, okay, so now what? You know, I think I was like 28 when we started, or 27 maybe. But anyway, and it was around that time where I was like, mm, this isn't going the way. And then, you know, and I remember reading your blog. I don't know if you know this, but I remember reading your blog and trying to read through the lines and being like, is Melissa struggling with this too? Because everybody in our mom and dad's friend group, or even all of our friends, either were married early like us, they had kids already or they weren't married. Mm -hmm. So it was not, you weren't expecting them to have Mm -hmm. kids and everybody else had had one. I mean, they were on their second, maybe even, Mm -hmm. maybe second kid, maybe third kid. And we were the only two that that were married, but we had not had kids yet. And so I kept reading through your blog thinking, I'm trying to read through the lines to see (laughs) if she's trying. And I was super private about it. I didn't want, I don't know. I was scared as hell. So anyway, when you started, you realized it might not be easy to conceive as you thought. God gave you some insight into his word about women in the Bible that prayed to have babies and to pray for him to open their womb. Um, and women in the Bible who struggle with for infertility. And when you, um, you also write for sometimes for missional motherhood, Lindsay's um, uh, ministry blog. And, and one of those posts you stated so well. The unexpected things really get our attention. A barren womb gets our attention. It's the hard things that take us deeper. So share with me about that and how he started working on your heart and sharing those principles to others that are walking that same road. You're right. You know, when you struggle with infertility, I think we don't really open up about it as much because a lot of our friends have kids. So you don't really know who to talk to about it um, unless you unless God brings someone in your path. So it was around 2011 and I remember just thinking, okay, wow, you know, this is, this is an issue for me. And so, well, what do I do? Well, I go, I go to the Lord, you know, that's my kind of go to. Okay. So let's, let's dive into his word and see what does this mean? You know, what what am I supposed to do with this? And we all know the story about Hannah and um, Samuel. So I'm like, okay, so you read that passage, but then when I really started digging into the word, 
it wasn't just Hannah's story. There's so many women that struggle with this in the mm-hmm, Bible. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, this, this, there's a pattern here. You know, there's right. a thread here. And it was really exciting, actually, mm-hmm. because you don't really have a lot of people you're talking to about it. You don't right. really hear a lot of messages about this. Mm-hmm. And so, wow, like, there's something here. There's something mm-hmm. the Lord wants to tell me through this. Mm-hmm. And I just remember... My husband would be working on on Saturdays. I just remember for some reason on Saturdays I would wake up with my with my Vera Bradley notebook mm-hmm. and I would open my Bible and I would just start reading. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like the Lord was just laying these truths on my heart about just these different women and their situations and how I was supposed to respond and how just what this meant. You know what mm-hmm. what did this mean? What did bar- what did a barren womb mean for me? Mm-hmm. And so y'all started trying after y'all had been married mm-hmm. seven years, and then it was two years where you really realized, okay, there's a problem. What did you do next? I think you know you start off with your normal doctor, mm-hmm. and you you know you go see them, and um, they really couldn't find anything. There wasn't really mm-hmm. a cause, mm-hmm. an explanation. It was mm-hmm. just one of those. Well, everything looks good on paper. You know, I don't know what you know what the story is. Um, which is good. You like that, but then you right. really don't. It's kind of like exactly. a double-edged sword. Right. You like it because there's nothing wrong, but then they can't mm-hmm. explain it. Mm-hmm. And tell me, so how did God start working in your heart? Um, you said every Saturday mm-hmm. you would just, just he would you would just pour out your heart to him, and he was just showing you all these different women in the Bible. So what behooved you to start sharing that with people? I guess through church I met a girl. Um, who was struggling with infertility too. And so we kind of connected mm-hmm. at church a little bit. I didn't really know her. Um, I mean, I knew of her, but we weren't mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the Lord just kind of laid on my heart, I think it's time, you know, all, all these things that I'm telling you, these are for other women too. Mm-hmm. And I started to sense that maybe we should start a group. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think it was around December of 2011, I went to lunch um, with this girl and I was going to try to bring up, maybe let's start a group or something. And she said it before I did. Mm. Before the words were out of my mouth, she was like, I think we need to start a group. And mm. I was like, yes, mm. yes. And so that was cool because it wasn't my idea. It was mm-hmm. the Lord's idea. Like mm-hmm. he, you know, mm-hmm. had a purpose for this. And then, um, I don't, I guess the other girl somehow, you know, somehow just being at church and connections. Mm-hmm. And then I think there was a mutual lady at church mm-hmm. that connected us to. It was Diane. Diane, Diane from the Secret yes. Saver Ministry. Yes. She mentioned it. And mm-hmm. so. And I hadn't told, I had just right before then, I had shared with the ladies I work with teaching, the other teachers. I had just shared with them. And it was real. I was starting to share with a few people, and then somehow Diane found out, and then she said, "Hey, there's this group," and she said, "Yeah." And Melissa started it, and I said, "Okay, okay." Now <laughs> I'm I, stalking her blog. <laughs> now I know it's it's Aww. for real. There's somebody Aww. out there so like me that's mm-hmm. going through the same stuff, and the other two girls, and um, well, three girls at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah. it was. I just love how God knit us together, and you called it what. First Samuel 1 mm-hmm. group, mm-hmm. First Samuel 1 woman group. And um, I love how the group came to be. I love what you did in the group. You would pray over, we would pray over each, everybody would share. We have five in the group. We would each share. We would um, pray over each prayer request. We would share like details about what we're doing and 
um, maybe if we went to the doctor and what he would say, and then that would help everybody else out. And I love the Bible study, and then you would just share what God showed you about these women in the Bible. Um, I love, and you would say, hey, um, you would give us books and be like, let's all read this book together and go through it together. And I know how infertility can be a very private struggle. So it's very lonely and for each couple, it's lonely, even for the men that we're married to. Um, but with others walking that same road, I can attest that the community group that you started was immeasurable to me. And it still is. It still is continuing on. For sure. Yes. I mean, um, I look at it and really through all the infertility, I really feel like it was a gift, you know, a gift in disguise because... I mean, I gained all these friendships. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't imagine mm -hmm. just not knowing y'all mm -hmm. and just having that. I mean, we walked through this together. Right. I mean, it was one of the greatest gifts, you know? Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. Just, when I look back at just my faith walk with the Lord, um, yeah, I mean, this is just huge in my life. Like, yeah. this is a huge uh, blessing. Yes, definitely. So there's so many truths that God showed me during that time mm -hmm. that I was going through. Um Truths that I learned individually and then also together for our group. And one truth specifically was the word remember mm -hmm. and how you, you know, showed us through the scriptures that God is a God that remembers those women in the Bible, that remembers us, that remembers our prayers, that remembers the struggles. Um, but what about you? What were some significant truths that God showed you personally during that time? Um, I think starting off, um, the first story we looked at, Abraham and Sarah, I loved how when he came to them and, you know, was telling them, you know, you're going to have a son next year, and, you know, at this time, this appointed time, we re when we really studied that, we saw that God had a specific time, a specific, not just a season, but a specific appointment, a specific mm -hmm. time uh, in history, but also, you know, in their lives that he wanted Isaac to be born. And you start to see um, just, you know, what a barren womb does. It gets our attention. And what it's doing is, you know, not only are we waiting for the child to be born, you know, we, we go through the struggle with infertility, but it's not just about our family, but it's about the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And we see that in each one of those instances, God used that child, that son, for a specific reason, for his kingdom. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it was for revival. You know, we look at um, Samson, um, Manoah's wife, who gave birth to Samson, and he was to deliver the people from the Philistines. Mm -hmm. And you know, we look at Hannah and Samuel, how we needed, um, the, the people um, of God needed a, pr a priest and a prophet who was going to walk faithfully with the Lord. And so I just, I see how God is using barren wombs today in our country. Here we're living in the end times, and I just feel he's going to use this for revival. Mm -hmm. I feel like he wants to use these barren wombs, and he wants to raise up sons, children for his kingdom and his glory. And these children are set apart mm. because these women, when you struggle with this, it gets your attention. Mm. And you, before the children are even conceived, we get to come to a place where we say, okay, Lord, if you will, then I will. Mm. If you give me this child, I mm -hmm. will dedicate this child to you. Mm -hmm. I will set this child apart for your kingdom. Um, and I think he honors that. Mm -hmm. And I think he has a special purpose for women, for barren women, and for the for the children that come from barren wombs. I love that. I could cry my eyes out right now <laughs> just thinking about that. And 
I love how you learned all of that personally first and then you were overflowing to share it with us and how we learned through you. And what I want to ask is, when are you writing your book? <laughs> Y'all, she said, uncovered so much truth in just that little few minutes. So much truth. And so I want you to write a book. We've I been know, talking to I'm, you saying, please write I this do. down. Because do when you read your blog, mm -hmm. when you read your blog post on emotional mm -hmm. motherhood, you just have a right way with words. Oh. And I feel like... God's going to use that. Oh, so I encourage you. you. Oh. If there are any, <laughs> what do you call it? Not producer. I feel publishers. like it's publishers out there oh. that would like um, information, please oh. contact us. <laughs> well, um, I know. I'm, it, it's on my heart. I do. I want to write it out. It, it's written in pencil in my Vera Bradley notebook. Mm. I do. I need to sit down and, um, and write it out. So Anyway, it's, yeah. it's good stuff for sure. And so... Um, Tell us a story when you found out when you were going to have a baby, when you found out you were going to have your daughter. So, let's see. It was, we got pregnant in November of 2012, and um, of course we were just so overwhelmed, mm. you know, with just gratitude and thankfulness and mm. um, praise for the Lord for opening our womb, you know, opening mm. my womb at this time and, and giving us a child. And of course, we thought it was gonna be a boy. I mean, of course, because we're you know <laughs> studying the Bible; it's all uh -huh. boys, you know. Uh -huh. um, so we were just, of course, we're having a boy. I remember the night before our ultrasound that we were gonna tell the gender. Uh -huh. I was trying to decide. I was praying. I was like, Lord, which which name do you want me to name my son? And I had two names. <laughs> which which what is his name, Lord? Hey. And then we get to the ultrasound, and we're, we're in there, you know, and they're like, "It's a girl," and we were like, "What?" <laughs> We were so surprised, but it was a wonderful surprise. I mean, I've always wanted a girl. And so mm. I just love that, a little twist. I mean. Love it. I just love how. But I can't picture with the boy. I oh, mean, no. you I have got to a, have a girl. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, my heart's desire is a little girl. Absolutely. Yeah. Dress her up. Oh, yes. Mm. Yes. She is just the delight of our lives. Mm. So. so sweet. <laughs> okay. So here's something that I want to know is how has community been a part of this when life happens to all of us when we're walking through life the good stuff the bad stuff the in-between stuff the daily mundane stuff what does community mean to you I mean community is everything to mm -hmm. me I mean I can't imagine going through this journey without having community without having y'all um and even all of life really mm -hmm. I mean we were made, the Christian life was made to be walked with other people. Mm -hmm. We need people ahead of us. We need people behind us that we're helping. We need, and we need people on the same level. You know, mm -hmm. those Barnabas, mm -hmm. Barnabases. <laughs> How do you say that? Yeah. How, that are, that are walking the same journey that we are, mm -hmm. that we can encourage one another mm -hmm. and that we can send someone a text or a letter, mm -hmm. tell them that we're thinking of them, that we're praying for them. Just to know that we're loved. Right. Just right. to know that we are not doing this alone. Right. And that we, what I heard somebody say that they had read from C.S. Lewis that said that it's kind of like a, oh, me too. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, yes, we're, we're there too. Friendship I, means, yeah. oh, me too. Yeah. You, you too. Yeah. When you connect on that, mm -hmm. on, on that level with something interest mm -hmm. or a struggle right. is that connection. Right. And that's what I think a lot of, um, 
you know, I can, I was thinking about earlier this week of friendships and the friendships that I have and what connects us and what drew us together. And some, it might be childhood friends and some might, might be, um, family members or, or, um, through met through your husband or whatever. And then, but those that are really the most, I don't know, the most fulfilling and the most, um, sweet are the ones that you were brought together through struggles. Yes. And I can say that about you. Oh, so, sweet. Too. Don't make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> cry. Um, okay. So let's kind of, uh, shift gears a little bit. Um, but last December you found out that you were pregnant with your second child, yes. but on the visit to your doctor, you found out that you had lost the baby around seven weeks. What has been surprisingly the hardest part about the miscarriage? The thing I didn't realize about miscarriage, I guess, you know, someone, I had heard someone had gone through it. I just thought, oh, you know, they lose a child that month and then they're back at it the next month. You know, mm-hmm. I just I kind of just like, oh, you know, it's, it's a month long process, but it's not. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's a long process. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize when we went to the doctor um, and found out, you know, that our baby's heartbeat had stopped, I didn't realize how long, I just thought at that moment you miscarried. Mm-hmm. It took two weeks for actually miscarried. Mm. So you go to the doctor and, you know, the heartbeat is stopped. And then, but it doesn't mean that the baby comes out that day. Right. And I think that kind of points to the fact of the miracle mm. of life and of pregnancy. And mm. your body is doing all these things. You know, there's all these things that are going on when you get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't just... It's a well-made system, mm-hmm, you know. I mean, it right. takes a while for all everything to kind of connect, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really hard. Those mm-hmm. two weeks were really hard mm-hmm. because I knew the baby wasn't alive anymore, but you still feel pregnant. Mm-hmm. You still might have symptoms, mm-hmm. and you're just waiting. You're waiting for that. That was real. That was that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through, mm-hmm. especially that first week. Um, a lot of emotions. Um, a lot of, of course, a lot of grief, you know, a lot of anger. I just remember that first week, I was so angry. Mm. Not necessarily at God, but I was just, I don't know, I was just so angry, and I just mm. didn't really understand, and it, I think it was the pain. Mm. It just, it was such sharp pain I'd never felt before, mm. and I was like, oh, I just feel like, I just feel like I'm burning, you know, like mm. I just felt my heart, just like this, this sharp pain, and I remember, like, texting a friend about it. And I was like, oh, this hurts so bad. You know, it's almost like it burns. I just didn't know how to explain mm. it to her. And she goes, ah, refiner's fire. Mm. And when she said that, it just, it made so much sense. It mm. was like, yes, you know. Um, but in a way, that kind of gave purpose to mm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, some things you go through. And it was just a real, it was just one of those where the fires turned up really hot. You know, it's like one of those things that you've never experienced before. Um, but you know, he's there with you because I could imagine how you could say, okay, Lord, we've struggled with infertility. We have our daughter and then, you know, we're struggling with secondary fertility mm-hmm. and then you give us this gift. Why yeah. did you ever ask why? I think it's natural, you know, to ask questions and to try to process, you know, why this happened? Why did this happen at this time in my life? Why did it happen at all? You know, I don't, I don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. You know, even today, I don't 
have this profound statement, you know, that I can say, okay, this is why this happened. A couple things that the Lord spoke to me through mm -hmm. during this time was that something's happened that shouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. And I know that doesn't sound very profound, but honestly, it is what I needed to hear because that's the world we live in. Mm -hmm. We live in a broken world. Mm -hmm. um, this, this is not how it should have happened. Right. Death, miscarriage, infertility. We live in a broken world mm -hmm. and sin has entered it. And this is not, this is not our home. Mm -hmm. This is not the end of the story. Mm -hmm. And the gospel is that, you know, Christ enters into our brokenness and he redeems it. Mm -hmm. He's going to make all of this right one day. Mm -hmm. And he has a purpose for all of this. And something that recently that he just spoke to my heart about is that, because, you know, I'm not in the thick of it anymore with the mm -hmm. miscarriage, but mm -hmm. I don't have all the answers either. Right. And, you know, you're... I'm still processing it's still things. it's still pretty fresh. It hasn't even been a year. That's right. So That's right. it's fresh. And something that he laid on my heart is just that I can trust him even in times of transition. Hmm. And I have to accept because I can kind of get hard on myself, like, oh, why am I not completely over this? Or mm -hmm. my feelings, you know, emotions come and go on different days. But I can trust him. I have to just be aware that this is this is a time of transition. Mm -hmm. I've kind of, this has been a hard year. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I can completely say, you know, the calendar hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. It's not 2018 yet, but I can trust him. Mm -hmm. Even right now, mm -hmm. during this hard time, as I'm still moving forward, mm -hmm. don't have all the answers, I can trust him. Why is the date August 24th significant to you? That was the due date mm -hmm. for our baby. And something I didn't realize is that you remember that. You know when the due date is. The, what is the first thing you do when you find out you're pregnant? <gasps> okay, when, when is you, my due date? When are you due? When am I due? And so you know that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women have told me that, that when that, that date comes by on the calendar, they remember. It brings some things up. And I never mm -hmm. really understood that until I went mm -hmm. through it. Mm -hmm. And you do. I think it's just that natural nine-month cycle. Right. You think, I would have had a newborn mm -hmm. at, this, at this point. Mm -hmm. And what did God do that week specifically that stopped you in your tracks? So we were supposed to go out of town just for like a little getaway. It was actually like the solar eclipse week. <laughs> so I was thinking, okay, you know, what is the Lord going to just speak to me? I just wanted, I, I knew that that date was coming up and I mm -hmm. wanted just to have an open heart and just mm -hmm. to hear um, something the Lord wanted to tell me. My dad ended up going to the hospital mm -hmm. that week. And so that was really unexpected mm. and so that really kind of we didn't get to go on our trip we didn't you know we watched the solar eclipse from the hospital mm. with all the doctors and nurses mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but just through all that that was what the lord because we were supposed to go on a trip we right. were supposed to get, get away or mm. you know my dad wasn't supposed to go in the hospital it was just i don't know the lord just kept confirming my heart you know something's happened that shouldn't happen mm. you know not everything um we don't have the answers mm. You know, we don't have to understand because he does. It's, mm. it's a relationship and he mm. just wants us to trust. Somebody told me trust and cling. Mm. And I love that because it's not just, you know, we trust him, but sometimes we say, okay, but I've been hurt. So I just, mm. I just need a little space right now because I've been hurt. And we put our hands up, but he wants us to cling to him mm. even when we're broken. And even when the pain is so strong, he wants us just to cling to him. That's good stuff. What would you tell the woman right now that's struggling with this? It could be infertility. It could be 
a father that's in the hospital, it could be miscarriage. What would you tell her? I would tell her that she's not alone mm. and she's not forgotten. Mm. I know how she feels. And I know how, you know, society looks at it, how our world looks at it. You feel broken. You feel isolated. You feel like leftovers. Mm. But God has a plan for your life. Mm. And he has chosen you. He's entrusted you with something. He's entrusted infertility. He's entrusted a miscarriage to you. And I would just tell her, hold tight to him. Mm. Just trust him, get in his word, seek out other people that are going through this, find that community, but you can trust him. Mm. He is trustworthy and he is faithful and he has a plan, a plan for your life and for your family. Mm. But boy, what an encouragement you're going to be to so many women that are going through this. Thanks, Melissa, for sharing your story. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Okay, so here's some short questions I like to ask all my guests. I love food. You know that. Um, what is the favorite thing <laughs> that you're snacking on? Okay, I am loving cookie dough balls right now, but they're not the bad uh, ones for you. Okay. I call cookie dough balls. Okay. Healthy cookie dough balls. Okay. Oh, that's right. You told me about this. I told you about <gasps> this. Yes. I haven't made them yet. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me how you okay, do. So a couple months ago, I decided we're gonna we're gonna cut down on the sugar. We're not gonna have we'll make cookies around the house because we eat them all the time. Oh, so I found yeah. this recipe that is delicious. Okay. Okay. I wrote down what is in here. It's like okay. made with almond butter. Okay. It's got some protein in it. Right. Maple syrup, mm. vanilla, cinnamon. Okay. Mini chocolate chips. Yes. They're delicious. And how do you make so them? So easy to make. You just dump all the ingredients okay. in your mixer. You just mix it up. You know, it's going to be kind of, because the almond butter is kind of thick. Yeah. You just try to mix it up with your mixer. Okay. You roll them in balls. Okay. And then you put them in the fridge. You put them in little. Like balls? Um, no. What are those little muffins? Oh, muffin tins. Muffin, yeah, the little muffin liners. There you go. Oh, muffin you liners. Them, yes, that might be a little oily. Okay. You put them in there. Just put them in refrigerator and a Tupperware and they last for like a week <gasps> and they are delicious they sound they're, yummy they're so good they have a little bit of chocolate in there so you get your chocolate yeah, yeah. but it is so healthy yeah it's so much better than a chocolate chip cookie yes because we've exactly got, we got the protein in there yes and you could just pop one just for yes. like snack it's or perfect on the go if I'm just running out the door and I need to grab one or for, you know, for my daughter. My daughter loves them. So it's better than just eating sugar. Yes. So my whole family is loving these. Okay. So I try to make them every week. And that's our, that's our little snack right now. I love it. I'm going to have to try it. Okay. So what are you praying for right now? Every year I like to pick a word for our family. Mm -hmm. So this year, uh, the word the Lord gave me was strength. Mm -hmm. And the verse was Joshua 1, 9. And... So the three things that I just prayed this over our family, and specifically this year with everything that's gone on, it's really made an impact. But I just pray for our family that we'll be strong and courageous, we won't be afraid, we won't be discouraged, and that the Lord will be with us wherever we go. So that's just something I pray over our family this year. I love it. I love it. I do a word of the year, too. I love it. It's great. Okay, if you're a reader, which you are, what is um, a book you're reading? I am reading... Um, Kind of random. I'm reading Blank 
by Malcolm Gladwell. I've never heard of it. You've never heard of him? Tell me about it. Okay. Um, it was interesting. It caught my attention. It's about, it's almost about uh, like your gut reaction. He okay. talks about how in different professions, people will make an opinion in, in about two minutes. It's, oh. it's, it's about, it's about knowing, it's about how you know something right away. Oh. It's, yeah, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. interesting. It is interesting. Okay, what uh, else are you reading? I just read The Table Experience of uh, Debbie Titus. Have you read that? No. Every, but I keep hearing about every, every mom, every wife needs to go get this book. Okay, The five, Table Experience. Five stars. She came to our church and she spoke. I okay. loved her message. Okay. Um, her message is about why the table, the, the kitchen table, your dining room table, mm. is sacred. It's holy. Mm. It's something that originated from the Lord. Mm. It's, it's the neatest message. Don't eat your dinner at the, at the bar, uh -huh. at your kitchen bar. Uh -huh. Or don't eat your kitchen, you know, don't eat your dinner in front of the TV. Uh -huh. There's something holy that happens when you sit at the table with your family mm. and you look eye to eye with your spouse, with your children. It, I don't want to give too much away. Oh my goodness. But it was... It was the best message. See, this reminds me of the life-giving table. I'm, I'm getting it confused by Sally Ooh. Clarkson. Okay. So, I don't, it, it's similar. I think oh, it's kind okay. of the same thing. Okay. So, that's what I thought you were talking about. But everybody, it just seems like a lot of things are mm -hmm. being surrounded by the table. Mm -hmm. So, I'll get it's it. It's important. I'll get it. Yeah. It sounds good. Yeah. It's important yeah, in our children's lives that they have that. They have that dinner time conversation. That's how. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome, I'll have to get that. All right, what are you loving these days? It can be anything you just can't stop talking about. <laughs> Pumpkins. Yay! <laughs> I don't think yes. it's my favorite time of the year, I the fall. And <laughs> I love your pumpkins on your front porch. I know, I just, I can't, I can't stop. I can't uh, stop, my can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. We just went um, to the Smoky Mountains, mm. so of course everything was decorated for the fall. We had a good, a good time, and so I came home and I'm like, Buy a bowl of pumpkins. Pumpkins. pumpkins everywhere. Yes. I try to buy a few decorations every year. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay, so thanks so much for being on the podcast. It was fun to interview my in real life friend. Well, thanks for having me, Ren. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love your podcast. Thank I, you. I really appreciate everything you're doing. It's been an encouragement to me. You're sweet. Thank you. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks. Bye. Wow. I love Melissa. I'm so glad we got to chat about this. And she just speaks so well and just so clear that God is faithful and He cares for us. And sometimes we don't have the answers. A lot of times we don't have the answers to questions and things that struggles or things that we're going through. Um, but, you know, we don't have to. We can just say, I can trust you. And I love when she said that. If you were encouraged by my conversation with Melissa, we would love to hear about it over on Instagram. If there's somebody walking through miscarriage right now that you know of, you can go to the podcast app that's on your phone. And if you click the episode, there's three little dots in the right-hand corner, and you can share the episode, and it can text it right to them. And um, hopefully that will just bring them encouragement through this. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate your sweet comments, and I appreciate your sweet direct messages. And I am just loving what I'm doing. So I appreciate it and we will see you later. Don't forget, we're friends of a feather. Stick together and be encouraged.